There What's up, go. Mike? How's it going, Brandon? Brendan. Going pretty good. Sorry, I got to get that right. Brandon, right? Brendan. I've Brandon. been called Brandon my entire life. It's totally <laughs> fine. <laughs> I'm terrible with that. I have too many friends named Brandon. That's why. And you just try to think about it. And then for the last yeah. name, too, I'm embarrassed. I'm a, a paisan like you. Garone, right? You nailed it. That's first try. There we go. At least I got the last name, the most important part right, man. Nice. Well, appreciate the time. Won't keep you for too long. But, dude, I got to say... You guys are a breath of fresh air. In this day and age where everyone's looking for a, a life hack or a cheat code or shortcuts or the hookup, you guys are just kind of taking it brick by brick, inch by inch, and doing it the old-fashioned way, one step at a time. I love that, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's been it's been uh it's been a ride, man. We've been this is our 16th year as a band and uh, I, I think like one of the benefits of putting out a new album is like it, it's always this breath of fresh air mm-hmm. that kind of like it instills in your band. And so we just feel like uh, we just feel ready to rock right now. It's really been um, it's really been like an energy boost for, for the guys and me to, to kind of like keep things going and be hitting the ground running. Well, I'm loving the new album and wanted to dig into that a little bit. And, dude, not that you guys were the quickest with putting out albums over the years, but I'm sure in some little way the pandemic had to screw up album release plans. So that's what I'm always fascinated in talking about, talking to bands and putting out albums over the past couple of years. How did the pandemic screw with the new album? Were you guys already working on it and then had to hold it back? Had you even started yet? But kind of take me back to like March of yeah. 2020. Where, where were you guys at with the new album? So it's funny. We had a, we had a lot of things planned show wise uh, that, you know, I don't want to, it's, I'd rather not talk about it cause it's not going to happen, but we had sure. a lot of great things planned. Some, some hitting some, some really new places that we weren't going to have been to before. And so I think like part of the reason between releases is this, this band is like, we want to play live shows. We want to play hardcore shows. We want to play metal shows. And so Anytime we would kind of sit around and and start think that like, hey, you know, it's really time to write again. We would always put it off in favor of prepping for some other other gigs. And so the only the only benefit really of the pandemic is like a lot of other bands. It forced us to stop, pause, take stock of where we're at and actually give us the leeway to start writing. And, And our guitar player, Brian, like really was kind of like the one who corralled everybody together and been like, now that this is our time. Let's move forward with with putting something together. And he, he really had like the vision of 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 wanting to do an LP and had this kind of cohesive thing. And, and we all followed suit. So you guys were sitting around bored at the during the pandemic. And he's the one that wrangled you all like cats and said, we got to do this now. We knew we needed an album and we were planning and we had started writing. The pandemic was the catalyst to accelerate the process, I would say. Poured the gasoline because you had all the time in the world. Straight up. <laughs> I love it, man. And I, I could be taking it wrong, but I love the the title track and, and the album title, Change the Way You Think About Pain. Kind of referring back to what I said earlier about everyone wants the cheat codes. Everyone wants it to go their way all the time. If someone says something they don't like, they unfollow them. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like trying to avoid anything that's different where I kind of think the opposite. I think you need to lean into it because if everything's always hunky dory all the time and then when it does go sideways, you're not going to have any clue what to do. A little bit of pain is good sometimes, especially if it's self-inflicted for the same reason. You know how to handle it once it comes around for real. That. 
Honestly, man, like that was very well said. That, that That's like a real big, you kind of nailed the idea of, of the title is basically the, the me looking around and seeing everyone sort of like become uh, unable to deal with their own emotions and deal with the, the, the pain that reality in life often brings. And so it kind of created this loose narrative in the album of seeing and talking about pain, but, but more so like pain avoidance and watching people kind of like do things against their own self-interest or making the wrong decisions because they can't face the realities and, and pain, frankly, of, of life. And so it was just something that I had like noticed as like to consider myself kind of like a spectator of things. And, and, um, and it was just kind of like manifested during the time to put together the lyrics for the album. Yeah, man, I, I really connected with that right away. I, I recently and kind of during the pandemic a little bit before, but started to fall in love with burpees. You know what those are? I sure do. Yes. Yeah. And, and and they're terrible, but I do 50 a day, five days a week and, and punish myself because I realize that like the more I can inflict that pain and know I can survive it and thrive and grow from it, the better off I am individually when life throws crap at you. So during the pandemic, I, uh, we were in Brooklyn at the time and we were living, you know, in, in an apartment in Brooklyn in the height and New York city in the height of the pandemic in, in 2020 was not a fun place to be. Yeah, It was, it was super depressing. It was really actually pretty scary. March, April, May. <laughs> um, it, it was, it was the epicenter of a lot of the, what was happening. There was a lot of death and stuff to your point. I actually prison style did that, but with pushups ah, and okay. actually kept track on a piece of paper, like a lunatic, mm -hmm. the like four and the slash, like the fives. Yep. And so I had this paper filled up and I would just try to see how many pushups I could do every day. <laughs> and it was just like a notebook with like hashes and stuff. So it, same exact thing. Uh, kind of helped me stay sane. Yeah. I started with the pushups and then a friend said, do you know what a burpee is? And I said, no, what's that? It sounds fun but push it, up not, way worse yeah way worse <laughs> but it kind of worked my way into that and, and now I'm, I'm addicted to it man after a long day of work go home and knock out some yeah. burpees and try to kill yourself doing that and and survive it and go okay i'm good i'm reset yep. got it all out i love it man love the album so many great tracks i mean bite the hook was the first one fell in love with that jesus bones host parasite i'm probably going to butcher this next one but santosha yeah Kind of, kind of a, a different gear, and 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 then with the lyric hammer, hammer smashing, kind of made me think a little Cannibal Corpse, and kind of had a little <laughs> bit of a death metal Definitely. vibe. It's to a little, it a little Easter bit. egg in there, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was I'm like, am I crazy? Even the riff though in the beginning felt a little deathy, and then hammer smashing, and I went face like immediately. But kind of cool to see that other gear from you guys. Yeah, I I think um we 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 wanted to mix up a lot of the tones and sounds on this album. I'm really, I think we're all collectively really happy with how thousand mile, mile stare, our last album came out, but I think we wanted to explore a little bit more texture and a little grimier, a little more of a low end, more metal sounding. And yeah. I, I think we achieved that. And, you know, for that song, I think we, we have been focusing, you know, it's our fourth LP. So we're, we're focusing on refining our sound we figured that a lot of our uh, listeners and, and, and hardcore kids would be expecting us to maybe make some crazy pivot. 
and we wanted to kind of stay true to our sound and really more focus on like refining it. And so I, I, I think that's why we, we wanted to push the envelope a little bit, but we're not trying to bring in anything uh, too out of left field at this point in time. The thing I love about it, too, and I give you another personal example, my wife is always like, oh, I hate the music you listen to because I can never understand the singer. Like the, the music's fine, but the vocals are just uncomprehendable. And so I played her your album. She's like, oh, OK, OK. So you can do heavy music with vocals that you can understand that not necessarily clean, maybe a little shouty yep. or screamy, but still comprehensible. <laughs> comprehensible. Yeah, yeah. I think like. I've always wanted to be, to focus on sort of like basic things like enunciation and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But on this album, I, I've increasingly like focused on, and, and actually it's the same thing with the last album exploring with like mimicking our live show. Ah. So like, I, I like the idea, and this is just my personally speaking, like I like the idea of like having it sound the dynamics of how we sound live. And, you know, I think with a lot of like heavier music from the, from some studio magic and from takes, like you can go balls to the wall and every word and every syllable. And, and I felt that I wanted to bring in some dynamics with that, where there are times in this album that I'm going, I assure you like harder than I ever have, (laughs) but there are also times obviously that I'm pulling back. And so I wanted to have the dynamics be a little bit more reflective of like maybe what a vocalist would do during a live show, which is kind of like having those inflection points and having the the, the flows kind of vary. And so that's kind of like why I think you, you're you picking up on a lot of that. I love it, man. Love it. And, you know, speaking of the live show, we finally do have a tour to talk about, something that you guys don't do a ton of, a little mini tour uh, and coming yeah, through yeah. our neck of the woods, Southern California, June 30th at Chain Reaction. Already sold that one out. And then the very next night in L.A., July 1st at 1720 downtown L.A. Yep. Which is hot off the presses. That one is also now sold out. <laughs> ah, congratulations, man. Thank That's you very much. Yeah. And especially um, like we were talking about earlier, growing this thing brick by brick. You know, it's funny. Like, I, I know you're you're SoCal based and your listeners like I, I'm not, I'm this sounds very pandering. <laughs> I would say it's not. Southern California is probably our best place to play on Ooh, planet Earth. Really? We, we've been absolutely. Absolutely. We've been playing there since. I think our first time playing in LA was 2009, maybe. And um, we've played there, you know, a, a, a lot of times since then. But the, the the scene out there in LA has just been kind of on this meteoric rise. I would say the last like five years or so in particular. Huh. And our last time at 1720 pre-pandemic, which, it, which was, I think like, I want to say maybe it was 2019, it was one of our best shows ever. Um, and so when it came time to like do some of these, these are really more designed to be like kind of special album release shows. And we knew we wanted to get out to LA and do one. And we wanted to put together a fun, like smaller club show, a chain reaction too, just because oh, yeah. for us, like that's a, that's a checkbox. Like right? we, we've never played chain. So we're super excited about that. And I have to also shout out mind force who we're bringing from, from New York, who are uh, an incredible hardcore band. So we're, we're so psyched to be back. We'll play L.A. till I'm dead. Uh, and I can't wait to be back finally. Looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to the shows. And, and, and great that you're bringing out support with you. That's the other question I was going to ask about. 
Yeah. Yeah. If, if anyone hasn't checked out Mind Force, although I kind of doubt it for a lot of people who are into this kind of music, like they are kind of on top of the world now. They're from the Hudson Valley. We're from Long Island. So they're north of the city. We're east of the city. And and we've been playing with them for a really long time. And, and they're kind of like they're firing all, on all cylinders right now. So uh, I'm really psyched that they're joining us. Love it, man. Looking forward to the show. And, you know, speaking of uh, friends, had to touch upon uh, even if you're a wrestling fan or not, still really rad to at least be there for the uh, NXT takeover that you did with Code Orange and for the theme song for Aleister Black. Are you a WWE fan, wrestling fan? Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. <laughs> I was actually just talking about this. I, I grew up being a huge wrestling fan. I fell out of it over a number of years. But as I had, when I, you know, starting with a couple of years ago, well, a couple of things. Number one, Brian from our band is like a wrestling mark. Like he's a Uh, huge fan. A lot of our other friends are. And I think you kind of see this connection between wrestling and hardcore. That's just like right now it's, it's as big as it ever is. You have, you have Andy Williams who's like wrestling now, right? You have obviously my, our good friend Brody King is killing it. You have Dan Housen, you have Darby Allen. So I love AEW, but, but getting back to the answer your question specifically, from doing some of those things and developing a friendship with, with Tom and, and Alistair Black, like um, I, I developed this newfound level of respect for the business and for the guys. And that's actually kind of what brought me back in because I'm looking at it from a different perspective now, not so much like a young kid right. watching it, but like actually seeing the level of professionalism and what goes into this machine. And it yeah. is a machine. Yeah. Uh I just like have the utmost respect for those guys. So like I'm, I'm a total fan for life now. Yeah. I've got the same thing as a kid, big time. And then kind of recently kind of more fallen back in love with it. You, you see all yes. the, the planning and the preparation yes. and what they do, you know, talking trash vocally, you know, yes. with the microphone in their hand, even that's been elevated over the years. And I appreciate that for what I do talking for a living. So it's totally made me fall in love with them again in that whole sport. And you guys old friends with code orange, I imagine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, it's been really fun watching them go from this DIY hardcore band that just killed themselves playing 250 shows a year or whatever to now being these like behemoths in the metal world uh, from like a talent perspective. I mean, they're, they're one of the most talented bands out there. And so I, I just get a real kick uh, seeing them kind of like really rising in metal and becoming this like established act. So I I will always be uh, in the corner in their corner, rather kind of like championing for them. They're the best. And great to see Jamie finally stepping out, leaving the drumsticks, setting them down and, and being the front man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I kind of always felt like that was inevitable for him. <laughs> I think Jamie was kind of born to be a front man and, like, got stuck playing the drums. And I know how that is. I used to play the drums, too. And now ah. I'm a front man. So, yeah, yeah. The kindred spirits on that front. I think drummers make the best singers. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I kind of fell backwards into that whole thing. I honestly, like, I just, after a while playing the drums, you're like, I can't can't deal with this anymore. Like I got, I gotta, <laughs> I need to like, I need to get on the other side of the aisle. So uh, I, I, I love the drums. I still play, but I don't miss playing them in a band. Not really. Or, or carrying them around or lugging them in and out of a show. That's, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah. I played drums as a kid and then put it down for the microphone, but 
a different microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, same thing. You're still not packing uh, as much gear yeah, up. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I always feel for feel for our, for Dan, our drummer. And I, I try to help him as much as I can because, like, I get it. I can just live vicariously through him instead of having to actually play. But at least you know how to break down the hi-hat and everything. You can you can. Break I do. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a total uh, square with that. I know I do know what I'm doing. So I try to help him as much as I can. But he's like he's gotten so much better than me now that I like. I can't really even talk shop anymore. <laughs> Brendan, I appreciate all the time. Last thing I got to hit you with, man. We're an old school radio station. We do the feature mandatory Metallica every night at 10 p.m., which you're going to be a part of. Sure, sure, Metallica fan at some point in your life, if not still currently. And recently I've been in this little Metallica debate. I've gotten in with my friend uh, Brad, who sings in a band called Against the Sun, debating the best Metallica album. His pick is Ride the Lightning. My pick is Master of Puppets. How say you? This is the eternal question, isn't it? It is. I listen to Kill 'em All the most. Ah. My, what I think is a better album between the ones that you said, uh, probably Master of Puppets. Yes. I thought so. So, well, yeah. Kill 'em All doesn't surprise me being a, a punk leaning artist. Exactly. That, that, Kill 'em All is their punk rock album. And there's shades of yeah. that on Ride the Lightning. But I think Master of Puppets is where they kind of all put it together to have a tune like Orion that could be so soft and, and melodic and then also still bring the brutality with Battery and Master of Puppets and yep. Damage Inc. and all that. And I thought Ride sounded like it was still kind of recorded in the bathroom. Remaster wasn't perfect, but better sounding a lot easier to digest and listen to yeah i i totally agree i mean i'll leave you with this we we were we did hellfest again in Ugh. france this past year metallica headlined our day and so we got to be like in the band like vip area which was basically like this elevated room with windows overlooking the stage watching metallica play at night to like 60,000 people. And if I don't know if you know anything about Hellfest now, but like there's this crazy pyro show. Yeah. So just picture Metallica playing in front of like 60,000 people, pyro on all around it. And I, we're just there like drinking beers and singing along. And like you want to talk about like the pinnacle of, of life is doing that. So I, I will, uh, I'll definitely never forget that. Do you have a favorite Metallica tune we could play off of Master of Puppets? Let's keep it with that since we're picking that one. Oh, God. Um, can we go with Orion? We can. I'll throw an Orion for you. I love that song, even though they don't really play it. Instrumental, not great for I know. radio. I know. I, but I like I lo- all the instrumentals are so good. Yeah. It's, I mean, that, that dual solo is just so tasty. And James doesn't play a lot of solos. So it's, it, I mean, when him and Kirk double up, it, it's, it's melted butter. Dude, when I saw them, they were they were on. They were on. It was really cool to see. So it was like a return to form kind of thing. They even made a joke about St. Anger. Like, it was really interesting. <laughs> they just turned 20 years old. St. Anger's 20 I know. years old, dude. Yeah. Are you a fan of the uh, the film? Uh, Some kind of monster? The film for its rawness. That album, not so much. Oh, no, of course. But I just <laughs> think it is one of the most... Honest. insane albums <laughs> like everything about that documentary is uh 
insane. We actually just watched it on tour together because it's so ridiculous. And uh, yeah, every time I watch it, I'm blown away about so many different things, but I'll leave it at that. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to jock those guys <laughs> or rather I don't want to, I don't want to be mean, but yeah, insane stuff. Well, I give them, um, I give them credit because most people only show you the good side. I mean, they were warts and all and all. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could, if you don't want to do Orion, like if it's, I, I would be down for, you know, the thing that should not be Ooh. welcome home. Oh, uh, there's not a bad track on that album. That's the thing. No, nah. that's why it's yeah. number one. Yep. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time. Can't wait for the show and uh, best of luck out there on the road, man, with the album. Thanks so much, Mike. I, I legitimately enjoyed the conversation and I appreciate you having me. Yeah, me too, man. Blast talking to you. Thanks so much. Have a good Later, weekend. Dude. Bye. Bye. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.